On this episode of Homegrown Horror, we talk about the disappearance of Kitty Wardwell from 1983. We also talk a little bit about this year's Winter Olympics and Bee's unabashed love of all things figure skating. We also talk a little bit about legacy and uh, how that can be tarnished with just a little thing uh, like murder getting involved. And I also subjugate B to an unnecessary game of trivia. All this and more on Homegrown Horror. Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining us today. We're gathered here to mourn and say goodbye to uh, someone we've all held near and dear to our hearts. Jimmy Jameson. Jimmy Jimbo Jameson. Triple J for his friends. He was a good, honest soul. He spent every Sunday helping out at the soup kitchen and would often tutor disenfranchised children during his free time uh, after work. He was also our number one fan at Homegrown Horror. And he would write us every week, often praising our latest episodes and thanking us for all the laughs. As we... Uh, Jackson, Jackson, Jackson. As we lower... Well, Jackson, come here. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. B, what the fuck, man? What, what are you doing? What? Are you serious? Uh-huh. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um all right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I uh I don't know how to how else to say this, but how many children? Jesus Christ. Oh my Ten. god. Ten. Ten. Oh my god. Uh so um Family members have been going through Triple J's, uh, I mean, fucking Jimmy's uh, personal belongings. And apparently he uh, he ate a school bus of children. There's been 10 children missing. And he just, he just, he, th- there was a bus missing, picking up kids and that's uh, all gone. And uh, yeah. Jackson, they, they... I, I think, I think you should take a walk. You've... I gotta go. All right. All right. Um, Thank you all for coming. Um, I'm going to defer to Jimmy's family. Uh, and I would like to say that homegrown horror does not condone this kind of behavior. And please direct your attention to our disclaimers and our episodes. And please do not cancel us for this. Um, Susan, would you like to finish this? I'm, I'm taking the mic. I'm taking the mic. You know, we buried this guy like 20 minutes ago. Bring him back up. We're throwing him in the river. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Hello! Welcome to to Homegrown Horror! It is the main spooky podcast about main spooky things, murders, cryptids, ghosts, ghouls, goblins. Everything you could think of, everything you could possibly want here in one place. Literally, this is the only thing you would want. (laughs) Yeah, why do you need anything else? Right. My name is uh, Jackson. I am a co-host. I am B. I am a co-host. Today we got a fun episode. But first, we, uh, as, as listeners like to know, we like to gab for a bit. Just a little bit. Just hang out. 
Uh, for me, the first thing I want to mention is I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram, but one of my underwriters at work makes custom tumblers and cups, and she made me a homegrown horror cup. Oh, yeah. And it is fucking stellar. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. And uh, really sweet that they just made this custom thing. Yeah. And she did it like really early too. When yeah, you she first did it, started. She, yeah, she did it for Christmas. And then, you know, the war, like it got really busy. So she just was able to go and pop it in the mail. And I got it yesterday. And I love it so much it's a it's, pretty it's a pretty sweet piece of gear not many people can say hey, i got my podcast on a on a mug mug yeah. or yeah tumbler thing it's also you know huge so oh my god yeah practical. i can put all of the all of the water in it because you can i put don't drink so coffee. much vodka in that. i could put vodka in it i don't drink coffee like i think that's what most people use their like to-go cups for <laughs> oh yeah 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 mostly mostly for your coffee I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you, Angela. I really, really love it. And I'm going to post a picture of it on Instagram so you all can see. It's really glittery. <laughs> it's very glittery, I Don't yes. know if everybody knows this. I fucking love glitter. I think we could have surmised that pretty Glitter's easily. Glitter is the herpes <laughs> of the craft world, and I want all of it. <laughs> mm. Actually, just to prove that point, one time... I, my first year working at Main State Music Theater as an intern in the costume shop, we did Sister Act, which has so much glitter, <laughs> so much glitter and so many sequins, especially for something about the Catholic Church. Oh my <laughs> God. Yeah. But I think it makes a, sense actually. A year later, yeah. I found sequins from the show in my pockets. Oh my God. Seriously. Like it just lingered on. Yeah. It like, I don't know. I put the, the my sweater through the wash and it had embedded, the sequins had embedded themselves in the pocket. So I was like digging and I was like, ow, what was, was that? Like, and I oh pulled God. it out and it was a sequin. <laughs> Shards of plastic. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Um, that's probably like stuck in your washer also. Uh-huh. Like I bet, like you'll just oh, get it random. There's probably the a lot of glitter in my washer. <laughs> <laughs> All the washing machine. I can't even imagine what the intern washing machine looks like. If, had a, if yours had a filter, it would be like a unicorn vomit on it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, my other big thing is the Olympics. <laughs> Your big thing. You were leading this charge. <laughs> yeah, I am in charge of the Olympics. Yeah, I knew you were on the uh, committee there mm-hmm. over yeah, in Beijing. Yeah, I'm on the. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually in Beijing. <laughs> no, I'm not. But um, yes, I'm watching the Olympics because I've been waiting three months for this, and it's happening, and I'm so happy. I most I told you earlier. I'm mostly in it for figure skating, specifically right. men's figure skating. Mm. because I've, I've i've made jokes about me being a gay woman i'm actually bisexual uh my my two types are women and male figure skaters <laughs> <laughs> that's the spectrum that you that selected is, from that is my spectrum um and then k-pop stars are somewhere in the middle <laughs> but yes i love men's figure skating um i'm really excited for the men's singles because my favorite figure skater is yuzuru hanyu he's amazing um, he, he is also, if to sneeze? No, I was just burping. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to burp into the mic. It looked like a sneeze, <laughs> but, um, this year it's going to be him versus Nathan Chen, who is on the U.S. team. Okay. And so everybody's really looking forward to, like, their big battle. The big battle. The big battle. It's a tournament talk! <laughs> 
the big battle between the beautiful boys. Yes. Um, I also, I, I watched a little hockey last night. Right. And I also got really into men's freestyle moguls. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you showed me this. Because you told me that you have done moguls before. Once. Literally once in my life. Have I actually done moguls? And it was the first and last time, of course. I was, I, I still like skiing. I don't do it as much anymore because I've had a bad tendency of getting badly injured when I try going back to skiing because I don't do it right. often. Oh my God, Jackson. <laughs> uh, but so yeah. I went, when I was actively skiing for a while, when I lived in Connecticut and I was skiing on ice, icy slopes kind of like what we got yesterday for for snow oh just, yeah just crystallized completely just iced over hills yeah it's like it's like skiing on gravel and uh <laughs> that's what it sounds Fuck. like and yeah no i i i would be constantly scared of tipping over and turning into a meat crayon um and the moguls i remember doing a a, a black hill um black diamond and the moguls were just in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, and like, I took a wrong turn. I saw the moguls and I was like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this out. Why not? I was like, I bet I could take it kind of slow since I'm new at it. You cannot take moguls you slow. Take it slow. No, it no, you forces will... you to keep. You have to because that's, that's, that's the way that you survive. Yes. It was <laughs> fucking terrifying. I was so scared. So that's why I really like, cause I did show you, uh, I showed you who got first place. Yeah. And I was like, is that what you did? <laughs> I, I, I I freaking went down the mogul. I did like four turns. And at that point, I was just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. So. I fucking, like, I am meh about a lot of sports because there's a lot of sports. Like, for example, football. That's yeah. very like, and sort of baseball. I enjoyed going and watching baseball, like, in the stadium. Oh, yeah. But... Every, like, the ones that are just kind of like, you know, you have the whole game and, like, two fun things happen in the whole game. <laughs> You're just kind of, like, waiting the rest of the time. <laughs> the Olympics is totally different for me. Yeah. I love Winter Olympics and I love the Summer Olympics. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I, I find that I'm getting a lot more interested in a lot of the other things before it was just figure skating. But I really liked watching the skiing. I'm looking forward to the skeleton sledding, <laughs> which is just going head first into this fucking... It looks like a water slide, it's but it's a, ice. It's like luge because of just like how like minimal the equipment is that you're mm -hmm. using. But it is, yeah, head first, legs up in the air. You kind of have to like balance yourself. Mm -hmm. it's, it's terrifying. It was because I had watched... I'd watched people that were really, really good at it. Mm -hmm. And then I had watched a highlight from, there is this one guy who he is the first and only skeleton athlete from Nigeria. And you could tell that he's the only one from his country because uh -huh. I'm like, he definitely does like, he was still good at it and, yeah. and survived, but you could tell he struggled a lot more than other people because it's okay. not something that his country typically participates in Yeah, as compared to like, oh, I don't know, Finland, <laughs> where it's like all they do is winter sports. Is this and a I sequel like, to Cool Runnings? Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, just seeing, 
like, he's prepared for it, and he was struggling. And it made me realize, again, a lot of these sports, people make it look really easy. Yeah. It is do. not easy. No, it takes a uh, insane level of athletic prowess, like those moguls. Um, what did you do this week? <laughs> what did I do this week? Yeah. My <laughs> life is boring. We don't really need to get into it. I've been playing a lot of Pokemon uh, Legends Arceus. Oh, yeah. I'm the only one in the group that's not playing it. I'm playing yeah. Shield right now. Are you playing Shield? Yeah. I... Did you not finish that? Or are you just kind of... No, I started playing it in 2019, and I just oh. picked it up like two weeks ago. <laughs> and I spent 24 hours just making curry. You're trying to get every curry. Yep, I'm at 105. Wow, that is quite... 105 out of 150 curries. Last time I talked to Bee, she was at 50 curries, so that's a huge leap. A lot of time. That was last, yeah, so yeah, it's been, yeah. That was last week. And then I was like, oh, I'm kind of like at a standstill with the curry, so I'm like, I'm going to fill the Pokedex. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to complete this. I am a begrudging you? completionist. I oh. have caught 100 and... 70 Pokemon, and I have seen 211. Wow. Okay. okay. Nowhere near finishing it. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it's unfortunate because, like, my team is now OP. So, and I'm like, I'm gonna go catch this thing. My level 80 Haunter just destroys everything. I will never be able to catch this Caterpie. Because <laughs> I keep That's what obliterating it. So, uh, let me not... Tell me about Arceus, because I keep stealing your thunder. <laughs> no, it's fine. Arceus is a fucking great game, though. I think it's the... Uh, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think it's the best Pokemon game I've ever played. That because, is a hot take. Well, I think it's the best one, because I, I'm sick of the format of Pokemon. For a long yeah. time. I've never uh, been able to take a Pokemon game seriously. People like go crazy hard into the stats and strategies you can do. And do like min-max their entire team. But what I don't like playing that way. I don't like playing with a spreadsheet. I like to just run in there. So I play Pokemon usually the dumb way. And I'll spam the best move that that's, I have on a character. That's how I've always played. Because I've only owned two Pokemon <laughs> games. Which was yeah. X and now I'm playing... I don't own it. Allegra owns it. But we're married. So everything she owns I own. I'm playing Shield. So those are really the those are the only two Pokemon games I've ever played. Yeah, I played... Um, and that's how I used to play. Was Spam Moonbeam. Spam Moonbeam. <laughs> <laughs> I played the... Uh, one of the first ones on Game Boy when it came out. Uh, well, not when it came out. I got it many years later. Um, and I got a Game Boy. What, you played it when you were three? <laughs> no, I played it when... I... <laughs> you played when it came out when, when you it were came three out years when I was old? three years old. Yeah. No, I played it as like a 14-year-old um, boy. <laughs> and I found it. I had a Game Boy and I was able to find the yellow cartridge. And, oh my god, uh, yeah. With Pikachu, yeah. Yeah. Oh and, my god, that yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah, that's one of the first three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what's the I first, can't remember the name of them. The the first one is red, blue, and then yellow. Yeah, I think it was just Pokemon Yellow. Yeah. So I had yellow and um, didn't really touch many of it. You know, Pokemon Stadium was a fun game, and then played Sword and Shield. I've done like a lot of the remakes where like they have the chibis. Oh yeah, because you're playing the new. Yeah, I played Diamond and Pearl, which is like, I never played Diamond and Pearl, so I was like, oh, this is a good point for me to, like, jump in and play this game, because yeah. I know nothing about it. And, uh, Let's Go Pikachu, God had that, which is just Pokemon oh, Yellow again. The other one I did play was, Allegra and I used to sit out, like, on the sun porch at the farm, 
and we would play Pokemon Channel, mm. which is just you in your living room with your Pikachu flipping through different Pokemon channels and playing mini games. That's actually really fun. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's really adorable. Yeah, I, I really that. liked that. It was fun. It's, it's kind of like it's, WarioWare in a way, in a weird way. Yeah. yeah, it's just a very chill like. You know, yeah. on a rainy afternoon, sitting there with your Pikachu watching the Weather Channel. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty pretty dope. But what I like about Arceus right now, though, is like you're not having to engage in a fight with every Pokemon that you see. You can just throw a Pokeball at it, which I love sneaking up on Pokemon and like. Yes, I did see. I saw that capturing and I, the entire population. <laughs> I do think that that's really cool, like how it doesn't jump from the overworld into the battle screen. Yeah, I like that. And it's fun. I think the combat's a little bit more difficult, which I really like. Like, I, I was thinking, okay, I can just spam a move. Because, let's be honest, you don't really need much strategy in these Pokemon games until you get to the final four. Yeah. Because it's just, like, it's the same thing. Unless you're fighting a dragon type. Unless you're fighting a dragon Because they're, like, notoriously, like, cheats. Yes. Because they are <laughs> immune to everything except for fairy. And dragon. Yeah. So Salamence. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I get what you're saying where it's like a lot of it is like you can just jump in and spam a move and just plow through You can be totally fine. Like I've cleared entire gyms just by having the type advantage. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people play that way. Um, and we're getting deep into the Pokemon. Welcome to stats. the Pokemon Podcast. The Pokemon Podcast. Get Pokemon Legends Arceus. I don't know. Nintendo, pay me. Yep. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing this week. And also we had another snowstorm. <laughs> God damn it. I had mentioned it briefly and I didn't want to talk about it because I we don't want to be... We don't talk about it. I'm just... I'm just saying. No, we have to talk about it now. The, uh, now, welcome to the main... Fuck, welcome to the fucking main weather, weather podcast. Weather? Wedding welcome podcast. to the main weather podcast. Look at me, will you cook this? Can you be steeply? Um, so, yeah. I mean, it was an icy snowstorm yesterday. That was yeah. it. And like, and it was, there was some more snow. And uh, I had to scrape my car out for 40 minutes this morning. Oh, did you? Yes. I'm not leaving the house, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, yeah, no, like, I knew that I had to scrape it right away if I was able to get Emily to work. So I got up at like 6 a.m., showered, and then immediately went to go scrape the car. That took a long-ass time. My ice scraper broke in the middle of it. <laughs> you weren't going to tell this story? I wasn't going to tell this story because I'm just That's mad about hilarious. it. That's hilarious. Is that your mainism? <laughs> <laughs> broken ice Main scrapers. broke my ice scraper and play story play the man is music hey hey <laughs> so i have no idea what you're talking about today. um thank you for the segue uh <laughs> this really shitty segue speaking of segues let's talk about our story today uh <laughs> so i'm gonna be talking about a missing persons case okay i've um i i spent a kind of a long time trying to find something that I thought was unique and interesting. Uh, I think all missing persons case are interesting, but I wanted to bring something that made me like have a lot of questions. So I'm bringing uh, together this one that was involves a, a, a person that went missing in 1983. Okay. This is also, I realize this is actually only our second missing persons case. Yeah, because we only did, we did Sue Noise, right? Virginia. Virginia, yes, sorry. Sue Noise, yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, so we did Virginia. That was the only one we did. And I did one yeah. for the Christmas one. Oh yeah, you did do one for the Christmas episode. But that's, that's a mini. 
yeah. mini story. Yeah, no, you so, got a quick little one. I am interested. Let's I, go. Yeah, let's talk about it. So I want to start... This is not... I will start this off by saying that I don't think this really has like a very nice conclusive ending to it. But at the same time, there is something that's sort of satisfying it. But I am left with a lot of questions. Yeah. Especially when it comes to the detective work. So let's get into it. Spoiler alert. That's not really a spoiler alert. <laughs> not really a spoiler alert. But like... It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just a question I'm left with. fucking up the case, I think, is par for the course in missing persons cases, which sucks. It really does. It really sucks. And um, well, let's just get into it. Yep. So we're going to be going over to our favorite small crappy city, Lewiston. Sorry for anybody who's listening from Lewiston. Don't you work in Lewiston? I, I work in the Lewiston area, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to dox myself. No, but... I wasn't trying to. No, no, but... no. But yeah, I work in the Lewiston area. Um, you know, like... I think your city uh, officials are failing you. That's all I'll say. So, I think they all think that too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, on October 1st, 2011, so 11 years ago, a Lewiston man named Francis Frank Julian had died at the age of 80 years old. His life was long-lived and uh, full of a kind of interesting kind of a you know, prosperity. He owned a couple businesses in the area. Uh, he ran a family business. His family ended up helping him out in like an antique shop and other kind of like kind of counter store businesses. Um, his neighbors and family and friends would describe him as uh, a very good person and that he was a good, he was a, a pillar of the community. <laughs> You don't ever want to be called the pillar of a community. Because no, you don't. <laughs> not a good thing. He had a pretty large family. Um, and, yeah, he died at the age of 80 years old. So the family is left to deal with his businesses and all his other possessions. And so on October 21st, 2011, Frank's family uh, started the process of going through a lot of his um, properties, one of which is a storage unit that he has rented since 1992. Oh my god, I don't like where this is going. You're gonna love where this is going. Oh no. The family opened the storage facility and uh, it was filled with, you know, the basic clutter of any 80-year-old guy who would claim they desperately need this. So, you know, probably <laughs> your broken fishing poles, yeah. uh, bent shotguns, um, you know, probably a crate of porn somewhere. This is the first Playboy I ever owned. <laughs> what is it about, like, older men and also, like, yeah, holding on to porn? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I hear a story of, like, oh, yeah, my grandpa passed away and we went through his stuff and I found this block, this box of Playboys stuck in the basement. I remember growing up, my, so, my great aunt and her, her husband were separated. Yeah. Like, for as long as I can remember, they were still married, but he had MS, so he was in Connecticut, and she was up here. And I remember all of his Playboys were hidden in her closet. What the fuck? <laughs> and I remember, because we used to play in her bedroom all the time, and I remember a couple times, like, us, f 
me and my cousins finding it. Why her closet? <laughs> Just put it in your closet. Because he's in Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't take it with him. You should just take it with him. That's <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. But something that catches the eye of the family is a six foot long unplugged freezer. Oh my. Okay. That sits in the corner of the storage unit. Hmm. The family opened the freezer. They had found the dripping, rotten remains of a human skeleton. Oh my Jesus Christ, okay. I would pro- I should have, like, prepped you at this point. But anyway, I'm going to keep going. Oh, no. <laughs> Jackson, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> Holy shit. A detective would describe the corpse as liquefied. And the only thing on the body being a pair of socks. Yeah, super gross. Super Human gross. bodies are very interesting because, like, that's not what I would not have expected it to be liquefied. But I guess if it's like it's it's unpreserved. This is a 2011 corpse, presumably from 1983, which was what I started with. But that's that's the thing that's so interesting. Is like, I. Like, in the span of time that a corpse, like, decomposes, like... The liquid. The liquid. Well, I mean, I guess it would at some point, right? My question is, why put it in a fridge if you're going to put it in a storage container with no electricity? Well, I think their storage containers do have electricity, and they do specifically say that it was unplugged. So there hmm. could be something else okay, to it. Anyway. There could be... Well, well, we'll kind of get into this here. So, Make sure you refrigerate your body so they don't turn to liquid in socks. At the time of the discovery of the corpse, Maine state officials stated that they believe the remains may belong to Kitty Wardwell, a 29-year-old woman that had vanished in 1983 without a trace. But the remains were in such bad condition that forensics labs in Maine were unequipped to be able to run an autopsy. That's so interesting that they kind of... Why did they think it was her? That's that's the thing I'm left to question. Because... I, I'd already kind of prefaced this by talking about this is about a missing person from 1983. Yeah. So... And they immediately state this, that they believe it to be Kitty Wardwell. And it's because Julian... Well, Francis, Frank, was under investigation for the disappearance of... Kitty. That but, makes a little bit more sense being like, okay, you were a suspect in this person's disappearance and now we found remains in your personal belongings. Signs point to him and if a corpse suddenly shows up in his property. But that's also assuming that she's the only person that he was responsible for. That's also assuming that. That's true. But they they say that pretty strongly as if they might have already had enough belief to say this is probably Kitty. Okay. Oh, that, that's the thing, though. That's the thing. They say this, and I'm almost left with the question of, like, what the fuck? Why didn't you do anything? Anyway, if you had suspi- enough suspicion, but whatever. It's kind of weird to, like, I think for the police to come out and immediately disparage someone's name. I mean, yes, you, you found a corpse in their storage unit. But to immediately point to a specific case seems really strange to me. Yeah, again, assuming that she's the only person that he did this to. Right, right. (laughs) 
you know. Uh, let's do the time warp. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Jump to the left, and we're in 1983. A friend Good of... to know that 1983 is to the left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, that's backwards. <laughs> Um, in 1983, a friend of Kitty had filed a missing persons report in July, stating that they had not seen Kitty for a few days, as they said. Mm-hmm. Fingers immediately had pointed to Frank, um, as he was the on-again, off-again boyfriend, and also partly on the lease for a, um, an apartment at Holden with Kitty. So immediately kind of like pointed to him. Uh, Francis, when interviewed by police, claimed that he had dropped Kitty off when driving from Holden and dropped her off in Salem, New Hampshire at the El Rancho Motel. And that during this period, they had gotten into a fight and she left her at the hotel and drove back to Holden. I immediately have questions about this story. Yeah. His story, not your story. <laughs> that it's always so his story. So <laughs> uh, her story, excuse me. Anyway, um, so were they going to Salem, New Hampshire? Then they got into a fight, and he left her. Or they got into a fight. She said, "Take me to Salem, New Hampshire," <laughs> and he left her there. Because neither one makes more sense than the other. I think it's more of a case of they were traveling to Salem and okay. they were at a motel and he dropped her, left her. He there left her the and went all the way back home. Yeah. He I went wee, wee, wee all the way home. Yes. Never <laughs> to see her again. And not concerned that he hasn't seen her in a couple of days. What no. other people have. Yeah, no, I mean. They were like, well, missing persons report. You know, when he says he got in a fight, probably presumably he says like, okay, I'm never really seeing this person again or she's going to go blow off steam somewhere. That's probably the story that he gave. I don't have full details of the interview. <laughs> I was just about to ask you, if yeah. you and your wife got into a fight and she left, are you presuming that you're never going to see her again? <laughs> I have the pot, uh, I have the object permanency of a toddler, so anytime my wife leaves the room, I immediately think she's dead. <laughs> oh God, your life must suck. It's awful. It's a living nightmare. I have terrible abandonment issues. Wait, uh, so you and your cat are the exact same person? Pretty much, yeah. We we that's how we vibe so well. It's like, man, I haven't seen you in forever. It was like 20 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> okay, so the first missing persons report filed was in... The first? July, yes. And oh, in November of 1983, so about four months later, uh, Linda Courier, who was Wardwell's sister who lived in Texas at the time, who was 20 years old in 1983, November, she came home to visit her family. And her mother had said that they had not seen Kitty in days. Four months. Four months. The mother says she hasn't seen Kitty in days. Does Kitty not have a good relationship with her family? I would assume so. But I also probably think that uh, the mom may not have wanted to worry Linda about not That's a good Kitty. point. So, but Linda was there specifically for Kitty's birthday. Kitty was going to turn 30 at this point. So the mother is saying initially, I haven't seen her in a few days, but 
Linda knew something was off about that, so she immediately filed a missing persons report to uh, report her sister missing. So she must not have known that there was the first one. No, she didn't know about it because she was in Texas, 1983. So her, it's so not really back, contacting much. But I the guess, parents must home. know. But they, that's you wouldn't. That's pretty. Fucked I'd up, be right? really, I'd be really upset if. If my parents didn't tell me that there was a missing persons report for one of my sisters, I would, yeah, be, it I is, would be very upset. It's pretty fucked up. Um, I And again, I think that this, yeah, this speaks to a not good relationship within the family. Not only with Kitty, but I guess also with Melinda, because they don't even like fess up immediately to saying, actually, she's been gone for like a couple months. I don't know where she is. Like, that's pretty messed up. But yeah. what kind of talk a little bit more about that but like uh where was i at my computer just turned black okay <laughs> she she filed a missing persons report she filed a missing persons report but police still were unable to find any lead worth investigating i guess to them they'd interviewed frank and other people but still nothing was turned up for them to keep following up on and also, this is the point in time where they're like, you're an adult. You can you can disappear if you want. I, You know what? Yeah, that's a big part of this. Um, I hate it. Yeah, but we'll, we'll kind of get into that a bit more. But... I know, sorry. I'm just no, no, it's like... fine. It's fine. But, <laughs> but Linda stated, um, when we're going over the story of Frank, Frank saying that he was at a motel, left Kitty at the motel. During the investigation... They weren't able to find any record of Kitty checking into this motel. No red flags there. None whatsoever. Case is completely cold. And no effort seemed to find any tangible results to the whereabouts of Kitty. 1993 rolls around and detectives are handed the cold case. And they end up interviewing Frank once more. The detective that was on the case found Frank to be very cordial and uh, a nice individual, very they kind. Are. They always are. Um, and he didn't find anything suspicious at the time about Frank. Uh, even though during the interview he was just like very nice and kind and that one point shuts off and says, well, if you find anything, let me know. And ends the interview there. During the interview... Detectives also asked Frank if he would be willing to take a polygraph test, and he refused. Whatever your feelings about polygraphs, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know they're they're bullshit. <laughs> they are, but I I immediate I do immediately think that if because so, at the at this time period people still think that they are good evidence. So I would say that it's a red flag. Like these days, someone not wanting to take a polygraph isn't as much of a red flag, but I think in the nineteen nineties, it's a red flag. Yeah. Now. There's a lot of weird, there was a wit interviews with um, the detective and Linda in 2014 around then. They were reporting more about this. Um, really, the case is kind of still unsolved in the books. I mean, they, they say that, okay, yeah, Francis definitely killed Kitty. <laughs> they do acknowledge that, but they don't <laughs> understand really any of the details or like how it happened or what yeah. happened. And just another point here. So last interview was in 93. And Frank has been owning this storage unit since 92. 
Kitty went missing in 83. There was about a good nine-year gap between the owning of the storage unit and Kitty, um, you know, and the disappearance of Kitty. She's probably been in that fridge the whole time. She has, yeah. I mean, because you said that he had... Did he get married? Because you said he had a big family. Um, I don't know the details of his marriage or his family. Yeah, because you said big family. I was assuming that he had a lot of kids, but it could just be he has lots of siblings. Might be cousins and all that. I believe he did have some um, kids, but I... Because I'm just I don't wondering know what would trigger the, the he was, you know, almost 10 years yeah. later being like, I have to get this off of my personal property. <laughs> I have no idea. And again, at the same time, if like you're going to go to the trouble of moving the freezer with the body, why don't you figure out a way to just dispose of it at this point? There are, well, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by that because there are a lot of... Cases like a good example is um, there was one in Manchester and they found uh, a woman and two children inside of barrels. Ooh, okay, yeah. And it was I think it was later linked to another another body that was found, another child that was found, and so it's not to me it's not inconceivable that somebody thinks it's easier to just leave it rather than dispose of it just very strange to me this guy was obviously well liked in his community and he had a body in his storage unit and didn't think of at any point of how that would affect his reputation in any way or well, he probably his family didn't, he didn't think anybody was gonna it, it's not his at problem. 80 once at 80 he, years once old once he dies it's not his problem <laughs> yeah of course it's not his problem so but I it's think just that, very strange that probably to me also that, speaks to the the selfish his selfish nature really probably yeah just like, sort of like live it up who gives a shit you know yeah it doesn't matter it's no one's think about it this way if you dispose of the body the likelihood that someone's going to find it is higher than if it's in your storage container until the day you die mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah not giving anybody any ideas i'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> don't fucking kill people i don't know if i need like don't know if you need to hear that today. Don't kill people. <laughs> Murderers listening to this podcast, I know you're taking furious notes every episode, but stop. Just stop. <laughs> just stop right We're here. not condoning this. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just kind of really fucked up. And of course, detectives, like, as you know, when the body is found, is like, oh, of course it was him the whole time. Interviews with the fucking police, though, at this point, say that... There could have been somebody that was also involved with moving the body because of how huge the freezer is. You think that, yes, if he has a big family, someone's got to know. Someone's got to know. People had to know. Nobody in the family is talking about it. Well, you you wouldn't. No, of course not. But like, they... And who's to say that that person's also still alive? They may have also passed away if he was 83. Yeah, maybe Frank killed him. (laughs) That's not what I was saying. Go off. (laughs) Maybe Frank ate him. Um, that's my story really, but like, I wanted to point out the fact that like, at the time of reporting of Kitty and before Kitty was confirmed, Kitty, of course the body was confirmed to be Kitty by Pennsylvania forensics. Okay. And so we, we do have that. We do Their have that. Their assumption was correct. Yes. We found, we did find Kitty. Her body was found and yes, obviously Kitty. Frank killed her. God damn. Frank was 53 years old at this time and kitty was 29 when they were dating 
on and off, on again, off again, boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, most likely dating. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what? girls, just be careful when you're dating older men. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> my, my parents got like a large gap between them. I know. The thing is, I understand that, like, age tis but a number after you hit a certain age. Because obviously it's totally not cool when you're like... Yeah, I was about to say, I was like, Matt Gates would love this. No, I'm saying... <laughs> I'm not saying... This is not an Aaliyah R. Kelly situation. This is a, like, when you are... Again, you're 29 and they're 53. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't date a 53-year-old. No. Well, I mean, if he was rich. No. <laughs> no, I... I... <sighs> no, I get we... Okay, yeah, personal preference it's, on it, your end. It, you it, you it, wouldn't it, know... The, the age is, uh, it's is also, a factor. Yeah. It's also just the amount of life somebody has lived. Absolutely. Like, it's, a, there's... it's an inherent power imbalance people don't think about. I think that there... Yeah, there is an inherent power, power balance, as you're saying, and also, like... I think experience-wise, yeah, that's also creates a power balance in itself. But also, like, I would find it incredibly stressful to have to think about uh, end-of-life care if I'm committed, if you're committed to someone like that in the yeah. long term. Like, 53, when's their health going to start deteriorating, you know? Yeah, because there are people who are 53 and die at 53. Yeah. There are people that are 53 and live till they're 90. Right. Who are you dating? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Which one you dating? I mean, obviously he lived another 30 years. So. Yeah, so, I, and that's the, that's the ironic thing. He got kind of like everything he wanted in his life. Disgusting. Disgusting. He was well-liked in his community, pillar of the community again. People said they liked him. He was very nice, described as, uh, was described as a being uh, of great character and a caring father. Um, he was described as a nice guy by the locals. Now he's known as a murderer. So. I think that there, that, that's, but that's what happens a lot of the time. It's, yeah. it's, you, it's very, I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I feel like it's rare for people to be like, when someone realizes that somebody has committed heinous crimes, that they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's usually like, What? No. What? Huh? Matt Wahlberg up in here. But <laughs> have you ever seen The Happening? I have seen The Happening when it came out, so when my he... memory of it's a bit foggy. <laughs> he's talking to the old lady, and the old lady's like, you're here to kill me, aren't you? And he's like, what? what? No! <laughs> Excellent actor. Gotta love Marky Mark. <laughs> Marky Mark and... The Funky Bunch? Yeah, Marky Mark and the Funky and Bunch. And he also owns Wahlburger in Boston. Yeah, he owns Wahlburgers with his brothers. We get the Wahlburgers pre-made burgers sometimes. You do? Yeah. They make pre-made burgers. Well, it's literally just a pat. It's it's yeah. it's the pre-made patties. Yeah. I had Wahlburgers like twice at the airport. Very at the airport. Very expensive. Yes. Very expensive burgers, I think. Yes. But that might be just airport prices. So. It's probably, uh, it's maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck Fr Frank. Fuck Frank. Fuck Frank. Fuck that dude. Poor kitty. What an asshole. Um, I mean, but now I, they have closure. I, there are still a lot of questions. And also, 
They fucking 1980s detective. Actually, 1980s through 2011 detective work. <laughs> Very shoddy overall. Um, Dear Lord. But that's the thing. That's also something I want to talk about. A lot of the cases that I was. Um, do we need a refill or something? No, I'm good. Okay. I have vodka. <laughs> um, so a lot of the cases that I was looking at ran into the same issue. I looked at like three other things that I was thinking about. Um, and a lot of it was disappearances that went around 70s, 80s. And the problem that I was reading into was that police just didn't give a shit about people going missing around this time because there was an expectation that young people would become transients, go off to join hippie communities, just disappear. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing. That was a rhetoric that I was reading across a lot of these different stories. Was just like police didn't really give a shit. And you, like, like I mentioned at the beginning, this is a thing that comes up in any podcast you listen to about a missing person. Yeah. You know, especially if you're in the age range of like twelve to like forty. Mm-hmm. Because even with young teenagers they were like they're just runaways yeah yeah One, it, it's not yeah. i think with young people now there most of the time there is a more urgency to find them mm-hmm. specifically if they fit into a specific descriptor mold like if you're if you're somebody who comes from like quote unquote a broken home or you have trouble in school whatever they're less likely to fucking pay attention to you yeah um but no i i get it and like at this time what, who we're talking about we're talking about kitty she's 29 years old at this time and judging just from the little details i was able to get from the story doesn't have a great relationship with her family it seems yeah. so when police are able to kind of surmise hmm, family relations don't seem to be that good boyfriend's an asshole sort of maybe or, but he's also a pillar of the community because I'm assuming if nice. he's, I think if he's 53, I don't think he became a pillar of the community in that the last 30 years of his life. He must no, have been. he he was. So that probably also plays into it. Is there like we trust him because he's a pillar of the community? You know, from like interviews that I was hearing about, like the detectives that interview him, yeah, they would say that he was a nice guy. Like I said, one detective said he was cordial, and kind, and answered questions pretty well. Um, not a whole lot to follow up on. When Hindsight's it comes to Frank. 2020, dude. Yeah, seriously. Oh, of course it was Frank. Cordial, had, cordial had... with a liquefied body in his. Uh, yeah, I love it because like. Louise. Uh, yeah, and then like they they let Frank go, and then as soon as they find the corpse, they're like, "Oh yeah, this is probably Kitty." Like Jesus Christ, guys, really? <laughs> it's like, well, the body will turn up at some point. That's and kind some, of that's, that's probably like... what they thought. Is they're probably like, we're not gonna find her alive. Well, that's the funny thing also when it comes to homicides. This is very obvious, I think, but like. When it comes to homicides, it's not about preventing the homicide. It's about finding the body and then finding the guy. It's not about, like, identifying who this person's going to kill. Once a crime is committed, then police actually act. And that's sort of it. It's always a reactionary yeah. investigation. It's not about, like, helping future people and going that extra mile. It's about, well, you know, like, we talked about a serial killer. We talked about the... Um, 
the police that were involved were basically at that point like this guy is definitely like killing people so we need to keep an eye on him and get enough evidence to go after him and it was just kind of like was there any more effort you could put in the moment to make sure this person didn't kill anybody that i think is the the big question and it's difficult because obviously we are not our yeah i'm not we're not professionals we're not professionals i'm not a lawyer and like I don't know what it takes to build a case necessarily, like learning more through this podcast. I think we're getting slightly better ideas, but it's still... It's also hard because you're like, it's there are people who are in jail for much less. Yes. Oh my God. Like, That's what is like a thing for me is I'm like, there are people who get convicted, even in cases of homicide, for much less. Yeah, it's true. Like, it doesn't take much and... and yeah, it's really disheartening to watch our justice system kind of just like, well, we know this guy's probably killing people, but we're not going to do shit. <laughs> but then we're going to, you know, back unless, somebody again, Unless they pot. knew that, oh yeah, he killed her. The yeah. body will turn up. He probably isn't going to kill anybody else. He's not really dating anybody. That's the only person that is probably going to be in trouble. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, anyway, this is depressing. <sighs> <laughs> That's my story. But I mean, again, at least now we know it was Kitty. He's dead. There's no justice. But and there's more questions. And there, it, I, it, it opens up the floor. Like last week's episode, it opens up the floor for deeper discussion. But I'm, it's, I mean, at least I'm Kitty's left, surviving yeah. family. Who cares? They at least know that they can put her to rest now. And but the end of the day, it doesn't seem like the investigation is fully closed. Reporters. Good. Reporters yeah. were reaching out to the police and they say, hey, can we look at like your files? And they said that, no, we're not going to release the files that time because there's still the question of who the fuck helped move the body. And so they are still, they, they really think, okay. Well, here's my cynical viewpoint. We can either say that they're continuing the investigation, but at the same time, where the fuck were they at the last, tw- you know, the 28 <laughs> know. years that she was missing? Like, we, we could talk about saying oh let's give them the benefit of the doubt they're still trying to piece the put the pieces together why they already know they didn't go after frank when they had reasonable suspicion it seemed like they had reasonable suspicion knowing the fact that when they found her they were like oh yes this makes sense yeah and at the same time it's kind of like oh we're not going to release our our records about this investigation i think that this is almost another case of back to the serial killer when he killed his first wife and the detectives picked up the case on the guy. They found that the previous investigation didn't do jack shit of recording what has actually found or interviewed. Mm-hmm. Call me cynical. This might be the same situation. They don't have records to show because they didn't it's, do jack shit. It's very possible. Anyway. And again, but that's why there are people who, like reporters, that that's how we find out about that. Yeah. Is reporters ask or, and then we re- we find out that, they, they didn't. We have to hold it to hold them to task. Well, yeah, but we're never going to... This is never going to get hold to task. No, it's not. Like, the, they asked in 2014 if they could mm. see records. They're not going to release anything. No, they're not. And it's like, oh, we're hoping that somebody can help us identify how they're, the body was moved. No one's going to fucking no show No one's going to show... Nobody. If, if you're listening, all 40 of you, if you're listening... And have some deets you could share with I feel like that's that's the case with almost any of these. Like, just so you know, if you ever have information on any of these cases, find the appropriate channels and 
Maine State Police is taking calls. Go give them a call if you have details. All 40 of you. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Well, um, speaking of segues. <laughs> wow, we are shit at segues today. No. I, My segue last week was great. It was beautiful. I, I commented on how good it was. It was beautiful. I think it was the best we've ever had. Yeah, I and think so too. it's never going to get that good again. No, no. <laughs> we sort of pride ourselves on our... <laughs> Uh, budget quality. Our improvisational <laughs> skills. We both were in theater. It's fine. Yeah, we were in theater. Perhaps. <laughs> Could you tell by every single skit that we do at the beginning of an episode? <laughs> I wish you guys would stop doing that. It's super cringe. <laughs> no one's. No one said that. No, no one yet. If I am. Hope, think... I think that you all are really enjoying the fact that we are the kings of corn. Yeah, we. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> all right. Um. What's a title for this? Identify these missing main films. These missing main films? They're not main films. Identify these missing, missing films. So we're just going to do trivia again. I like... I love doing this. I think it's just kind of fun to see if you nail these. Um, and I went out of my way to provide as little information. I, I Well... They go in. A, they do go in a degree of, of difficulty. Difficulty, okay. But I think you're gonna get most of these. <laughs> what film? You're gonna get this. What film from 2017? And if you don't get it, I'm gonna be upset. Is about a disappearance of a woman whose scarf was found around a snowman. The snowman. Yep. <laughs> Check. I talked about this film on a previous episode. I know. That's why I included it <laughs> with in Harry here. Hole. <laughs> Harry Hole. Oh, man. That's his name. I'm not being dirty. That's just his name. <laughs> I would really change my name if my name was Harry Hole. Yeah, like I said, it's. I think it's It's a... Nor I want to say it's a Norwegian author. Yeah. So it's supposed to pre be pronounced a different way. Oh, really? Okay. So it's not Harry Hole. It's a Harry Hole. Yeah, but that's like that. how they say it in the movie because it was... Right. A, West, a Western West adaptation. Western. Yeah, they're they're east for Norwegian is east from Norway. Norwegian. Norway. I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> <laughs> Give her one glass of vodka. I'm always a mess, but I rocker. am a much messier person when alcohol's involved. That's pretty funny though. <laughs> uh, okay. This is we'll see if this stumps you. Okay. That 2014 movie about a missing girl. Two thousand fourteen. When did Gone Girl come out? You got it. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I was. I was like that movie about a missing girl. It's like, oh yeah, you got it. I knew that that would. I knew that that would trigger it in your in uh, in the reptile part of your brain. It's in the like... reptile part of my brain. <laughs> okay, here we go. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm giving too much detail on this one, so. A 1980 film about a professor who finds uh, lost footage from a missing documentary crew, documentary crew that met a grisly end. 1980 film, Professor Finds Found Footage. 1980. See, that's the thing that's throwing me off. Have we had a conversation about this movie before? Is it Cannibal Holocaust? Yes. I knew you'd get that. 
1980, that was unique for the time. I thought it, because I couldn't, I didn't remember if it came out in the 70s or the 80s. Uh, yeah. So that's why I was not quite sure. The everything but, I, of... but the, the setup is, it's, I think it's the setup is it's like a university crew. Is that what it is? I don't quite remember. I've never they're seen a They're researchers. Long story short, they're researchers. Yeah. A lot of, if you're, <laughs> I don't recommend watching the movie, especially if you have a weak stomach, but if you're interested in how a movie can be so realistic that the person gets taken to court. <laughs> yeah. He got taken to court. His movie was banned in 50 countries. Yes, it was. Um, it's fucking nuts. I really, I kind of want to see it. Even though I know it's going to be really good. I think a lot of people say, like, it still holds up. I'm sure it does. I love found footage films. Um, like, and I've watched some really shitty ones. You know that VHS series? Do you not like VHS? I like VHS. Not all of them are good. No, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I think... Yeah. In terms of, like, as a package, people like VHS. I think... Uh, which you know, is why when you said that, I was like, that's as a different. That's as a, a whole, take. As a whole, VHS, I think, is very good. I love all the iterations of it. But, like, yeah, no. I like watching VHS and seeing, like, something, wow, this is really fucking good. And then getting the next one, and like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is comedy. Yeah. Like, I love that range. Sorry to any... Who's none of the VHS directors, whatever. Anyway, the directors of VHS are not listening to this no. podcast. <laughs> okay, here's my next one. Okay, a 2018 film about a U.S. marshal investigating the disappearance of a murderer who escaped from an insane asylum. A 2018 film about a U.S. marshal investigating the disappearance of a murderer who escaped from an insane asylum. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Leo! That came out in 2018? Yeah. Shutter Island came out in 2018? Yeah, 2018. Are you sure? Hold on, let me let me check now. You're making me doubt myself. Yeah, because... Wait, no, it did come out earlier, didn't it? It did. It is I not fucked. 2018. It's and... 2010. Why did I write 2018? Yeah, because that's what threw me off. Because like, this is definitely Shutter Island, but the reason I know yeah. this is because I was still living with my parents... And I was watching it while playing Coin Dozer on my phone. Oh my god. And now <laughs> I feel... And I did not play Coin Coin Dozer in twenty eighteen and I did not live with my parents in twenty eighteen. I feel fucking embarrassed because I watched this with Emily in college. And <laughs> and I just I was I don't know. How close I... is the well the eight is somewhat close to the zero on the keyboard. <laughs> I guess my dyslexia kicked in. I don't know. But like and I didn't quest I made this list this morning. <laughs> right before I went to go scrape my car. I had a busy morning. Then anyway. So the, yeah, this was like at six AM you put this list together. Yeah. Okay. No, I still got it though. <laughs> you did get it, yeah. It's just like you're wrong, but it's Shutter Island. <laughs> I love it. So uh you've gotten four points, I have negative one. <laughs> Now I'm on the scoreboard because I fucked up. <laughs> Is there another one? Uh, yeah. A 2011 film where a journalist and a hacker team up to find a missing woman. I do have a hint for this. That's um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yep, you got it. My my hint was Daniel Big Dick Craig. <laughs> I honestly didn't know even know that he was in that movie. Yeah, he... Because uh... I, I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen it. Either. I remember my my ninth grade English teacher really was fascinate was fascinated. Was it my? Nope, my eleventh grade. 
Mr. Simons. <laughs> How could you possibly confuse anyway, time periods? I know. But so he, but he was, he told us a story about like the guy who wrote those books, literally finished them, brought them to his publisher and then dropped dead. Holy shit. That's how I, that's, so that's sort of how that's framed. I haven't read the books or seen the movie, but. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, I'd love to see it. I mean, I haven't seen it. I remember it was a big hyped up. It has Mara Wilson in it. Uh, it doesn't? No? No. Nope. No. What's her fucking name? Rada something. I actually had it on here. She's in, um, it sounds like it, but, uh, it's, um, she's in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. That doesn't help me. I didn't see the remake. I did. <laughs> I surprisingly did. My computer is acting up, so I'm not going to look this up now. No, I'm going to look. Rooney Mara. That was can, it. You can yeah. see why. Yeah. Wrong. I, I put the Mara at the beginning. Yeah. No, no. I got you. So this is my, this is the second time that I've had a clean sweep. Yeah. You've had a qu- clean sleep. A clean sweep. A queen sweep. Once again, you've really done I it. I am the I'm queen, so, though. You are so queen I did bee. have a queen sweep. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. I'm, uh, again, continually impressed. What I think is interesting is, like, you have a lot of knowledge about movies, but not necessarily that you've seen all the movies. I have a You very... just, like, absorb pop culture. Yeah. That's, that Especially is... Especially if it's a horror-based That's the thing, focus. is I do... And that's sort of the Gemini thing, is... Yeah? I know... I have to be a know-it-all even if I know nothing. <laughs> Let's be completely honest. And I am I have a lot of useless knowledge. You live for the um actuallys in the moment. Oh, it's true. Oh no. Uh, it's true. Uh, Ooh, it's true. Oh, don't do that again. <laughs> don't ever do that. I am fired from the podcast. <laughs> I'm taking over. Give me the passwords. Yeah, so uh, Jackson is now the only host. He is now two co-hosts in one, and I'm going to go start my anime podcast. <laughs> Ooh, woo. Ooh, woo. Um, yeah, well, clean sweep, dude. That's awesome. And now... Do you have a mainism? Hey, hey, it's a mainism. Before you do your mainism. Yeah. So, I wanted to just give a little bit more background on last week's last week's mainism. Oh, you have more deets? Yes, I do. Okay. Allegra, Allegra and I were talking about the two men on the flag. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of them is a farmer. Uh-huh. And one of them is a seaman. <laughs> because... They, it's supposed to symbolize Maine's diversity in... Two white guys doing two different jobs. Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, we, we are met people of agriculture and people of f- fisheries. Yeah, but most coastal places are. are. Yeah. <laughs> Again, doesn't really make us stand out, but the funniest thing was Allegra found the drawing. And it was, it was a drawing. I think it's a lot, I think it's a bit more, um commercial looking now but the drawing that she showed me i was like these two men are very gay they are looking at each i think i'll did a like her text you she's like look she at did these text two, me the image looking glancing at each other wantonly yeah they like <laughs> stare at each other with the intense fuck me eyes yeah and their shirts are undone they are and it's like allegra made the joke where she's like separated by the elements their love could never be <laughs> <laughs> So I just wanted to give that because we didn't really go into much about the current flag. No, we didn't get into detail. I have a hard on for the 1901 flag. It's just, 
it's basic and superior all at the same, same time. time. But if you really want to think about it, I think the new flag might be gayer. The new flag might be gayer. Yeah, it might. It might be gayer. Let's talk about it. Hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> hit, up, hit us up on the Twitter we don't update. Twitter's hard. I told everybody that. Anyway, what's your main is? <laughs> we advertise Twitter all the time. <laughs> you know, anyway. if somebody... The thing is, I get the emails. If somebody hits me up on Twitter, I will be there. Yeah. Just I will be there. DM the But until channel. then... Fuck Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> until Twitter is useful to me, fuck Twitter. The only thing that's good for Twitter is... Like... Not gonna lie, porn. <laughs> Should probably just do Instagram then at this point. But anyway, yeah, no, you can't have porn good. on Instagram. You can't. No. That's not what I've seen. You are. You're not supposed to. Well, here's the thing. I think at this point they allow everything except for female presenting nipples. Really? That's so weird. You didn't know that, like, you if you have a female presenting nipple on on Instagram, you are banned. Wow. That's really weird. Okay. Like, Instagram is notorious for just fucking, like, getting rid of people's content for no fucking reason. And it's outrageous. That's so, why there's... So, there like, is, a lot of platforms. There is a whole Instagram, though, that is just nipples. Really? And it's like, is it is it male presenting? Is it female presenting? Is it You decide, presenting? algorithm. Exactly. That's exactly it. So, I love it. Tell me about your manism. Duck pin bowling. <laughs> or candle pin bowling. Duck pin. Candle pin bowling. You mean the thing that your wife has been trying to get you to do since you moved here? Candle pin bowling? Is that, is that the thing that she keeps saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't listen to these episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Why would she? <laughs> so yeah. She has to deal with your bullshit all the time. Why would she add another hour out of her day for it? <laughs> Ow. <laughs> so candle pin bowling, yeah, I wanted to talk about this because Emily does keep talking about it as a thing to do. And I also just kind of find it funny because it's it, it really is very isolated to this part of New England. It is, yes. Because in Connecticut, I knew about duck pin bowling as a thing that was like an older game, but very few places would actually are have. Are duck pin and candle pin the same thing, or are you just saying duck pin because you're forgetting that it's candle pin? Uh, duck pin, I think, is slightly different. Should I look this up? <laughs> I mean, no, we're here to talk about candle pin bowling. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's slightly different. different? Yeah. Um, but candle pin bowling is like, because duck pin bowling is more of just like a miniaturized version of bowling, but candle pin bowling is like the pins themselves are just. Straight. straight there's no like voluptuousness to them mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah you heard it here first the current bowling is super gay and candle pin is super straight it's this uh candle so pin, candle pin is super straight no i mean if you well, participate in straight pride and you go bowling you're a liar <laughs> <laughs> i like to argue that current bowling is sexier because it's got that hourglass figure to it <laughs> Ooh, look at that pin just begging to get is, knocked so down. Is, oh <laughs> so is candle pin bowl, bowling different in any other aspects? Or is it just really the pins? Ball is smaller. Okay. And the pins are different. Um, 
And so straighter, that was as much that was as much research. Straighter pins, smaller balls. Yeah, that's that tracks. That tracks, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a white supremacist game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. What's funny about this to me is I remember Emily assumed that candle pin bowling was universal across the United it's States. It's not. No. I honestly, now that I think about it, I don't think I've actually been candle pin bowling. There are apparently a couple places like that have both offerings of bowling. So you could go to some bowling alleys. Mm-hmm. They'll have regular bowling and then they'll also have candle pin bowling. Because the one that I used to go to, it was Vacation Land in Saco. Mm-hmm. And I think... As far as I remember, because we used to take my sisters there mm-hmm. when they were younger, and because um, they had glow bowling. Glow bowling? Yeah. So they turn off all the lights. They have lights and black light. They have black lights and like it's a light show mm-hmm. while you're bowling, and they pump the music up really, really loud. So yeah, that was the thing to do. It was like you don't go regular bowling, you go glow bowling. That's awesome. And yeah. so that's where we used to go, and I think it was just standard bowling yeah trying to think of the places that actually offer candles i'm actually trying to think of any bowling alleys that are still open that are small businesses Mm, if you yeah they might all be commercialized at this point because i think the one there was one in portland that we went to and that was a corporate one that's corporate um round one is obviously corporate it's a japanese Mm -hmm. brand yeah Yeah, I think because they're all steadily closing. Uh, yeah, of course, bowling is dying. But I love bowling. I do like bowling too. Maybe. Yeah. You know what? Because I think that at Vacation Land they did have smaller balls, but I think that <laughs> they had smaller bowling balls. Yeah. But I think that it was regular bowling pins. Huh, okay. Because I remember the the first time I went to the one in Portland, which was around 2015. Um, yeah, it was in 2015 because it was before I cut my hair. Like, that's how that's another way I differentiate from time. Because in 2016, the year that I graduated, I chopped off all my hair because I was cast as the two Dukes in As You Like It. So they made me cut my hair and I didn't tell anyone that I cut it. Because <laughs> I had really long hair. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone that I cut it. And then I surprised everyone with a, a chop. <laughs> Did people acknowledge your, uh, you got a lot of acknowledgement on that? Yeah. Okay. I showed up at Allegra's work and she thought it was a wig. <laughs> <laughs> because I was so attached to my long hair. Wow. That when I cut it, she Nobody was, could believe it. Yeah, they were like, you're, that's, because I also, I, I was known for wearing wigs. Okay. So she thought it, that's, that's, a, that is a key thing is you I. You had a lot of wigs. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I did, um. I, I used to, at that time, I was participating in a Japanese fashion called Lolita, and uh-huh. um, I had a lot of wigs for it, <laughs> because you don't <laughs> use your normal hair in Japanese street fashion. No, it's got to be perfect. It has, yeah, Camp Frizz. Camp Frizz, yo. <laughs> so, that's sort of, but yeah, we went, and um, that was the first time I had used, like, one of the big bowling balls with the, the finger holes. Hmm. So, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if this is some. It is interesting that your that your wife is like we have to do candle pin bowling, but for all intents and purposes, it's not really that different. It's not much. It really isn't. She just. I think she just likes. Because she says it's better. 
Well, I think probably the balls are lighter, and that's yeah. why it's better. It's probably and they're easy, easy to yeah. control. So it's probably more of that. My wife has small hands. She's very yeah, short. She, yeah, she has very tiny hands. Um, and You know what? I know how to fix this problem. Let's just play Wii Bowling. Wii Bowling? I thought you were about to say, I know how to fix my wife's hands. <laughs> just like, that was what my get brain her. did. Get her, was... get her some Hulk hands. <laughs> Emily Smash. <laughs> uh, that goes with the Aries personality. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah, that's my mainism, Candlepin Bowling. Well, the, the other funny thing was that when Emily went to college and they were going on a bowling trip and she was like, oh, is it Candlepin or, or uh, regular, regular bowling? And everybody, she said, everybody looked at her and said, what the fuck did you just say? So that was the first time that she was like, oh, this isn't a thing elsewhere. Yeah, that was the first time where she was like, this isn't the thing. Nobody knew what she was talking about when she said candle pin bowling. Huh. And she was like, oh, I thought this was a thing. And it's like, nope, just a weird main thing. Now I suddenly, I'm like, I kind of want to go and write a report on candle pin bowling and be like, let me talk about the history. Like, <laughs> why is it only in Maine? Like, what is that? Well, that's the funny thing is like, and again, maybe I'm messing it up and duck pin bowling is just the same as candle pin bowling, but I heard of duck pin bowling when I was in Connecticut and I only played duck pin bowling in the basement of a city hall. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Like they had a duck pin bowling duck alley Duck pin sounds like something basement. you'd do in the basement of a city hall. <laughs> Why would a city hall from the 1800s have just a room dedicated to duck pin bowling? I don't know. They have nothing else to fucking do, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's where the league used to meet. <laughs> where the league used to meet. I just thought, it's just funny to me. It's like, it's like the bowling alley inside of the White House. I was like, who the fuck There's uses a bowling this? alley. Now I need to become president so I can have my own bowling alley. Or I just have to become rich. There is a bowling alley in the White House and I believe there, or is it just, there's one in the White House and then there's another one under the treasury building and i've been to the one under the treasury i've been to the one under what? the i've been to the one under the treasury building like twice why why does that exist gets rented out all the time yeah okay all right yeah i went there for grads a grad school thing cuz we were in dc and then i went there for an internship thing yeah, it was pretty weird. <laughs> All right. Well, they also had pictures of Nixon on the walls. And I was just like, why do you keep this? Because <laughs> Nixon was like known for bowling in the White House. What? Okay. It's really funny too because it's obviously pictures from Nixon bowling inside the White House and not the bowling alley I mean, you're currently in. <laughs> oh my God. That's so fucking weird. Okay. So... If you really enjoyed us talking about bowling trivia, why don't you hit us up on all of our platforms and uh, leave us a rate and a review and, you know, tweet us and talk to Jackson about bowling and how he's wrong about duck pin and candle pin being two different things. Yep. And also, I've gotten probably a lot of things wrong today, so you can yell at me about those things. Yell at him or... about fucking getting, saying that Shutter Island came out in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yell at me for my small mistake I made this morning at 6.15 a.m. <laughs> but thank you again so much for listening. <laughs> we deeply appreciate every single one of your little ear holes turning towards us. Don't talk about the <laughs> listener's holes turning towards us and you appreciating it. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hodgepodge. We're on our Instagram at Homegrown.